Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Where are we? We are in Primrose Hill, which is the sort of garden of North London. We've got the hill and the park up there. We have a dog, so it's a great place to live. And um, it's about 15 minutes into work. And who are you? I am Jon Snow. I'm not of Game of Thrones, but I do know nothing. Uh, I'm probably a bit of a bastard. Do you know about Game of Thrones? <laughs> I do. You know, that Jon Snow is a bastard. He's the bastard son of the king. And he does know nothing. <laughs> I, I pretend to know something. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, let's head off. Okay. I'm in your hands. Right. Well, it's I'm on my trusty route. Condor. Yes. Uh, and Condor, as you will know, has, a, uh, has a, its works and its shop in Gray's Inn Road, which is where we're headed. Uh, it's literally a few doors up from ITN. A lot of people think I go to Channel 4, which would be a bit of a ride. It's uh, down in Victoria. But in actual fact, news is such, a, oops, such an incredibly um, expensive um, entity yeah. that uh, it all has to be made by an independent how company. Long have you, how long have you been at ITN for now? Uh, well, I've been on Channel 4 News 30 years come this summer, and I've been at ITN 43 years. My 43rd anniversary was a week ago. Oh, congratulations. Well, my dear chap, to, to make one more year is always an achievement. <laughs> I worked there on and off over 20 years. I started there in 1999, which was my first job in London, Yeah. at ITN Radio in the basement, which is no longer there. Yeah and then worked for a bit for ITV and latterly Channel 5. Yeah. And now I've left the world of journalism. And I, I guess the first question is, is it a good time to be in journalism or not? It is the best of times, the best of times. I mean, it's the worst of times in terms of Brexit, which is the most tedious and uh, hopeless business. I mean, in the sense that it's been... You know, an advisory referendum has been turned into an absolute decision by Britain with, what, 4% between the two sides. And the, the, the interesting thing is that the parliament that we have to report is as divided as the whole country. And so for once, MPs are deeply representative of uh, the country we live in. And you and I have been trying to do this for a little while, and it's been incredibly busy. I think the first time I asked you, the American midterms are about to yeah, happen. yeah. 
and then at the drop of a hat, Brexit takes another turn. Yeah. Well, you know, it's very interesting. The, the, the midterms, which interrupted our efforts last time, were really, really interesting because, for once, you went to the bits of America you never visit to speak to the people you never speak to. Yes. And they are the people who vote for Trump. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people were shocked that he got in and all the rest of it. But I think Trump is a, is a product. It's the same product that I think Brexit is in the sense that I think a lot of people who felt victims of austerity, felt generally left out, forgotten, um, ignored, thought, well, sorry, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be asked to pass judgment on something. I shall certainly say no, whatever they ask me. John, over the course of your really lengthy career, yes. have you seen times like this before where there's been... I suppose, a relatively short bit of disruption and then a long period of calm. I suppose, I suppose in the UK, I'm thinking of building up to 1997 and Tony Blair coming to power, for example, or, or Margaret Thatcher coming to power as well and being in for a long time and it being relatively stable. Yeah. Well, the, the, the banking crisis wrecked all that. And from the banking crisis, we became much more discernibly a deeply divided country because, because the money from the public sector was used to pay the debts of the banks. Here we are, logjam now. In a, this is big time private school delivery time. I can tell because we're stuck uh, behind a Tesla X. And the guy doesn't know how to drive anyway. Come on, old guy. Oh, he's, here we go. So much easier to cycle until cars get in the way. Yeah. I try never to drive in London if I can avoid it. In fact, I try never to go on any other means of transport than a, a bike. I had to go south of the river to um, an event the other day, and uh, I got on the wrong tube the other side. of. I had to change at Waterloo, and I thought I was getting onto one, and I, in fact, got onto the other. It's all uh, different down there. It is. Well, well, also, well, I mean, very rare that I ever, ever take it. Because there is, in, in central London, there is no quicker way to move than on a bike. Have you always ridden? Always. I don't think I'd take it up now. <laughs> I mean, it is dangerous. There's no question. And what about the bike you're on? It's a bright orange Condor Fratello. It's a steel bike, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I thought, actually, in terms of the colour, it needed to show up. I see you have a white bike with gold bits and pieces. I mean... That is one pricey number. <laughs> Mine was pricey. I mean, this is a couple of thousand quid. Yeah. No, no slouch. And like you say, Condor's just up the road from ITN. Yeah. Where you've been for ages. I mean, Condor's so even more established than ITN, I guess. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. It's, um, it's one of the, the greatest bike shops it is. in London, therefore the world. I went in the other day because my straps had broken on my uh, pedals. And I said, could you possibly fix them? I didn't want to sweat around doing it. Not only did I get back to find they'd done it, Left but it. They, uh, they had also pumped up the tyres, just given it a spruce up, and they wouldn't take a penny for it. Well, I think you're one of their most famous customers, aren't you? Well, I, I think it's about loyalty in the end. I mean, I've been with them for, well, all the time that ITN's been in Gray's Inn Road, which is uh, something like 25 years. 
but just coming back to the news. Yeah. When, when you reflect on it, and yeah. what what are the what are the biggest stories? What are the most challenging stories, perhaps, that you've done? I think uh, you know, spending time in Gaza, challenging, very, um, very difficult to be dispassionate when you see such suffering on such a scale, and you feel it's so fixable. It'd be perfectly possible if, if, if the Americans would come on side to uh, provide a safe state for Israel um, and a safe state for, for the Palestinians. They've, Jews and Palestinians have been there for as long as anybody knows. And they've been capable of living together in the past. I don't see why they couldn't now. And I know famously you interviewed Idi Amin. I did. And oh my God. flew on a plane with him, which must have been peculiar. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, I'll get to Idi Amin in a minute, but you know, the, the, the funny thing is that I, I had no ambition to be a journalist. Uh, I got thrown out of university for being involved in an anti-apartheid uh, demo. And, um, well, it was worse than that. We occupied the... It's Liverpool University. And we occupied the, the building that paid all the staff. So that didn't go down well. Um, and... Uh, it, it, I had to find a job. And I somehow, through the grapevine, found this job as director of a day centre for homeless and vulnerable teenagers. Wow. Yeah, in Soho. God knows how I got there, I don't know, but I did. It was run by John Profumo right. of the notorious... Of the scandal. ...scandal, yeah. uh, and Lord Longford, who was known in those days as Lord Porn, because right. he was on some sort of anti-porn thing. Although, I have to say, he was one of these people who... Some woman had walked up to him in a fur coat in, in, in Soho, and otherwise naked... He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have. He would never have noticed. So the idea that he was in any way aware of really what porn was all about, I don't know. But anyway. Um, but if that name doesn't jog people's memories, he, he campaigned, didn't he, for Myra Hindley? He did. He did. Having served her sentence well, to be released. Yeah. And he um, he was a a prison reformer, and to this day I'm on a trust which is called the Longford Trust, which enables prisoners to take degrees. Can you imagine? It's been impossible for any prisoner to sit... Oh, oh, oh that sorry. Way. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Uh, actually, I should explore that one. It might, might, might take me across to my other road quicker than the one I'm going on. OK. Anyway. Um, Are we going, we're going at a good chatty pace. Anyway. Uh, well, I, I, I'm going slower in order to um, collect my thoughts. Anyway, um, I... I was going to stay there six months and go back to university. And then I ended up staying there three years. Then they invented commercial radio. And the first one was LBC. And LBC was going to have a revolutionary um, new all-night phone-in. Um, God, can you imagine anything worse? But there it was. Uh, and they were worried that it come sort of four o'clock in the morning... There were people ringing in who were too bonkers to go on air. Uh, so the ad said we'd, they wanted a councillor in here. Sorry, I keep forgetting that you don't know where we're it's going. All right. um, we've just had to do a rather serious turn, get Matt to turn rather a sharp 90 degrees to catch me. They, they were looking for somebody who um, could counsel people who rang in and were too bonkers to put on air. And 
offer them advice as to where they could go and all the rest of it. So I applied and I got the job. When we went on air, they discovered the only people who did ring in at four o'clock in the morning were too bonkers to put on air. And if you didn't put them on air, there was nobody to put on air. So um, very, very soon they said, well, look, obviously there's nothing for you to do, but you do have a plummy English voice and everybody else here is either Australian or Canadian uh, because they were the people who pioneered commercial radio. Uh, you'd better read the news. So I read the news. They went bankrupt, not because I read the news, but anyway, they did. They came back to life again, uh, or somebody else took over. And the, the, the new editor said, look, I'm sorry, but you're not going to go prattling around reading the news. You're going to go and be a reporter. Wow, and that was it? So I went out, and that was it, on the bike. And it was the time of IRA bombings. And the bike was utterly essential to covering them because every time a bomb went off, Take, take, you know, the old Bailey or any number of them that went off. Uh, the first thing that would happen would be a complete log jam. Yes. Traffic jam everywhere. Yeah. And you would race to the, to the bomb uh, and you'd pass the man from the Daily Express fretting away in the back of a black cab. Yes. And, um, Straight on. And, and, and the police were far too, far too uh, busy with the bomb to notice you scooting underneath the tapes and getting to the, the scene. And then in those days there were no mobile phones. So we had walkie-talkies, huge brick-sized things which I had to strap on the bike. And um, you could transmit, providing you were somewhere in, within sight of the uh, LWT building on the, on the banks of the Thames. And um, many was the time. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, oh. how, how we've come to rely on what we think is technology, but then when something happens... We're going over and right. When something happens like a, a terror attack and everything gets shut down, yeah. it is the simple things that work yeah. that yeah. are so valuable. Like you say, like a bike or a walkie-talkie or yeah. just a pen and paper. Yeah. Now, I think we'd better go in single file here because people want to overtake us. OK, I will go behind you. I'll follow you. OK. Because okay. you know where you're going yeah. and I don't. I do. <laughs> well, I think I do. Did you get a taste for it immediately, John? Covering, uh, covering big events like that. I couldn't or... believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was such fun. I mean, not, not the bombs, but uh, uh, kind of racing to get to this thing, talking about it, telling people what you could see, and coming back and starting all over again. I, I, I think the uh, privilege of being able to be present at events, not necessarily nasty terrorist events, but they, they do crop up. But, but events, great events, everything, for the Olympics, you know, for um, a change of government, for the election of an American president. I mean, the things that you do and, you know, a refugee crisis, whatever, you know. And uh, it's, it's a fantastic life, largely facilitated in London by a bicycle. If you didn't have the bike, you couldn't do it. Now, here I must confess that if uh, the pedestrian's light is off, stop, I do normally miss this one. You nip through. Nip through, because it's straight round onto the cycleway there. And actually, there should be a cycle filter, because there's a pedestrian filter for people to go across, yeah. and we could, we could go straight through. There's no reason we can't go through on that, because it's separated from the highway. Uh, provision for cyclists is still a bit irrational.
It is, but it's getting better. Do it you, is do, getting do, better. Do you applaud the improvements in London I and, do, and in Britain? I do, I do, except of course what it's done is to encourage an awful lot of cyclists, which is wonderful on the one hand, but actually pretty dangerous too. Yes. To yeah. find yourself in a sort of great convoy of you know, 20 cyclists is not entirely rewarding because there's always someone trying to scoot away and whatever. Uh, Apart from having the bike when you were a cub reporter to get yeah. to those stories quickly and now to get into the studio, what, what, what pleasure do you derive from riding a bike? Well, interestingly enough, I'm a completely uh, jobbing, uh, I'm a, a jobbing cyclist. Um, I have done some long runs, but very few. I did an amazing run from Lecce in the bottom of Italy all the way up to Brindisi on the east on the east coast and then um, across to Naples, up to Rome, up to Florence, up to Assisi, Stunning. across to Ravenna and into Venice. A thousand miles in ten days. It was a sponsored, you know, British Heart Foundation yes. type thing. Uh, and I absolutely loved it but was totally, you know, ransacked by it. I mean, I was pretty fit by the end but God, it came as a big shock. And did you do it on that, on the Condor? No, no, I've got a town, I've got a, um, a road bike. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't used it for a year or two. Um, I've also done London to Paris uh, for the Duchenne's Trust. Oh, for, for Krishnan? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got to show the old boy a bit of loyalty. You've got to, you've got to. It's special though, that ride, isn't it? It's, really it special. is, it's tremendous. You know, Tale it's of a, two a lot, lot of soulless hacks getting on their bikes and doing something for someone else. <laughs> so, after all these years in the news game, yeah. you, seem, you seem more, um, I was gonna say infused, infused is the wrong word, energized by it, I suppose, than ever. But I'm energized partly by cycling. I mean, to do this all day, I mean, yeah. you know, if, the, if I've got to go down, no, left. Okay. If I've got to go down to, um, you're going down to the cycle lane. Um, if I've got to, I never go in this cycle lane actually, it's oh. completely irrational. Okay. Um, I go on that side because I've got to turn right. So to turn right from the cycle lane is, look, you, you see there's a truck there wanting to go left. You've got to cross we the want to go right and the cycle lane's in the way. Will he stop for me? Oh, don't. Oh, they, but they both do. So we both need to go across, go right across onto the right. Okay. But that's chaotic, isn't it? It I mean, is. Ridiculous. They should have put the cycle lane this side, because nobody wants to go up there. That's mm, going home again. Not thought through Here by we go. a cyclist. Not thought through by no. a cyclist, absolutely. Now, there's a killer cyclist coming down the hill opposite us, going like the wind. So we're just heading through all the new developments at King's Cross. It's amazing how much this has changed. It's incredible. Google everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No, I mean, I do feel enthused. I mean, these are terrible times. They, they are, it's not unique to Britain. The democracy is in crisis to some extent. There's not been nearly enough attention paid to those who've been left behind by events and by progress in the digital age and the rest of it. We've got a heck of a lot to do. We have to deal with inequality. I think Grenfell was an incredible wake-up call. That was the last big story I covered, actually, as a, a broadcast journalist. Yeah, I was there too. Uh, miserable. And actually, I was in Haiti as well for the earthquake with yeah. you too. Yeah. And just, I think the thing that got me in the end and made me realise I probably had my fill of those kind of stories was children being hurt and seeing seeing children injured and, yes. and uh, you know, in, in desperate poverty. It just you see really your own children me. in them. That's exactly it. You Becoming do. a dad made everything change. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, um, I'm going to creep along here. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, the opportunity to wake the world up and, and inform people is... is is, is a, a wonderful thing to be Too involved good to in. pass up. It is. Because you have two daughters. I have two daughters. Like me. Although yeah. I suspect mine are a bit younger than I yours. I think they are, yeah. <laughs> no, mine are in their 30s. OK. Yeah. And do they want to go into journalism no, themselves? No, not at all, no. Not remotely. This, this, this is a crazy mess here at King's Cross. They've uh, shut a key... Uh, it, it, it's interesting. It's, it, you see, as a cyclist, I see it as a good thing. Uh, but but for, for traffic, uh, it's a disaster, particularly for the buses. They've cut a major artery south, which stops. There, you see that? That was a woman with her headphones on, hadn't got a clue, walked straight out in front of us. Yeah. Um, now, you see, this is, this is where all the cycle strategy has broken down. This is where the cycle strategy is broken down. We're going to go straight across. Straight across and then we um, swing a left. Yeah. They've got the box for the bikes to, to come to the front of the queue. Yes. But you can't get to the front of the queue in no. a safe manner. There's no... I think they had a pretense of a cycleway, but it just didn't work. In this country, broadcast news is highly regulated and impartiality is yeah. a basic uh, thing that we all have to observe. And, and that's why our system is probably better than any other in the world. Does it frustrate you at all, though? Because we all have our personal views, don't we? We all have our thoughts on, well, things like Brexit and Trump and everything else. But there's nothing you can do about your views except to, um, you know, um, keep them at bay and try and be objective. Yeah. But at the same time, it's bound to affect the way you approach something. I, I, I need to be regulated. 
<laughs> I do. I need to be regulated, and I'm glad I am. And I think British regulation is pretty good, you actually. Don't, you don't think we should go the same way as the US, where it's uh, opinionated We're going to go right news. here. No, because, um, you know, American uh, television news is simply dreadful. I mean, I don't know... It's all ambulance chasing, and it's all incredibly local. There's no... I mean, they know nothing about what's going on abroad. America is the world to so many, particularly in those places that I went to during the midterm elections. You'd find people knew nothing about anything. I mean... Yes. I mean, fortunately for them, they'd never heard of Brexit, but nevertheless. <laughs> it's still fascinating, though, isn't it? Britain seems to have an obsession with America and its politics, and it's showbiz over there, whereas here, you can't really accuse Theresa May of being showbiz, can you? You certainly can't. Uh, Although by the time this goes out, she might not even be Prime Minister anymore. Indeed. But we could have said that at any point in the past two or, two or three years. And we may either have fallen out of the European Union or uh, decided to give the whole idea up. What's your hunch? Whoa! There's a close run. Yes. Well, let's try and go with him. What's your hunch, John? What do you think will happen? Now, honestly, it's... You never know from one minute to the next. No. I mean, I've been working on this for months, and every week you would say, how will this week end? And you have no idea. Absolutely. I've never known a time like it. Never. And, of course, it's also had the effect of boring people rigid. Yes. Must be one of the most popular words, even if one's in favour of it in the country. Yeah, quite. I think everyone's a bit sick of it, aren't they? Do you think, though, that it has, it has asked fundamental questions of our own politics, of our own system? Yes, not I think, being up to first scratch. of all, a parliamentary system that depends on first-past-the-post, you know, lands us up with these problems. It would be much better to have a proportional representation. Um, I have no idea. I mean, have you ever spent any time in Parliament? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it, it is a museum and a tumbling down museum. Yes, it is. And it, it has the effect because it's... The, because, have you ever done the Scottish Parliament? Yes. The Scottish Parliament, yes. you walk out on the floor during a debate. You can, you, can, you can watch the whole thing from inside, absolutely right there and then. But it cost them a fortune. Ordinary, ordinary <laughs> members of the public. What? It cost them a fortune, though, didn't it, to, uh, to, build. Uh, uh, to build it? Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody minds spending money on democracy. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a fortune being paid on, on getting a, a decent uh, parliament. These people live lives which are... I mean, when they get back to their constituencies, they meet the real world. But when they're in there, they're this sort of cabal of, of people who are sort of suddenly dwarfed by the enormity of history. Yes. You can feel it, can't you? Can, you can, absolutely you can, right. really can. Hats off, strangers! All this sort of stuff. Yeah. Processions with the speaker coming in and out. Too much tradition. Oh, dear, yeah. No. It, it, when, too much pantomime. When you come up, up against politicians, do you feel, as Jeremy Paxman used to do, that 
that they're all fair game. They're all probably no. I don't. No, no. I think that you know there are a lot of very decent people going to politics with very high-minded things and and discover that that it's very very difficult to um, to get anything done. You know the system is stacked against them. We're nearly here. We're just pulling up to I do something. I'm afraid I'm going to do something illegal now. No, well, not illegal. I'm going to push the bike over the pedestrian crossing and go to the Hopper coffee shop to get a coffee and a porridge. I can't live without porridge. So, will you come with me? I will come with you. Okay, well, I we'll might pull even in. Let's you. pull in here. No, no, I'll do that. I'll do that. No, this, is, this isn't illegal. This is fine. It's all right. We walked. We didn't do anything naughty. I can tell you candidly, this is the cleanest journey I've had to, to work. Not a single road traffic offence. I wonder is it, if it's warm enough to sit outside. Yeah, we'll try. All right, fantastic. If you look after the bikes, I'll yep. get, what would you like? Do you like some porridge? I would. I've I'll had tell breakfast. you, it's delicious. Oh, you've had breakfast. I'd love a coffee, though. OK. What sure, sort John? of coffee? Uh, flat white for me, thanks. Flat white, yep. Would you like porridge? Yes, please, darling, with uh, nuts and uh, raisins and honey. I would like one flat white, uh, uh, small, and a small latte. Thank Enjoy you, my love. Day. Yeah, have a great day. Oh. I think yours is the one this end. You're a gentleman. This one. Maybe you should take... No, this oh, one, I think. I got them. I'll, yeah. I'll grab them. Brilliant. Do you find the cycling keeps you, keeps you fit and, oh, and yeah. fresh and keeps you feeling younger? Well, I don't know what younger means, really. I don't know what older means. I mean, I just stay reasonably trim and fit. Yeah. But the, the, the training helps as well. Uh, I train twice a week. When you say training, what does that involve? A personal trainer coming around and putting mm, you through your yeah. paces? Boxing, planks. I did a four-minute plank once. I normally do two, <laughs> two minutes. And, um, you know, star jumps and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Is that a recent thing, or have you always no, kept fit like I've, that? I've done it for about a decade. Mm. I, once I got to 60, I thought, you're going to have to... Conserve now. Yeah, up your game. Conserve, not build. Yeah. Let's just talk a bit more about about the sort of state of news because mm. I told you I think it's the best time of ever. Well, maybe in the states we've seen mm. news outlets have the Trump bump. You know, mm. they've seen a big lift in their audiences. The likes of CNN had bumper years when he came to power, even though they had a public spat with him. Well, repeatedly. I'm afraid we're doing the best ever for Brexit. Really. Mm. Brexit triggers are the best we've ever had. Online, we're the most watched. We're a tiny organisation and we're the most watched television news in Britain. Yeah. Not on the television, but online. What do you think about that? So Channel 4 News' brand is now global, yeah. but it's an audience that can't necessarily watch it on TV. Hmm. I don't mind how it's delivered. I just like communicating. And as I'm on you know, various social networks, I see the pickup. It's absolutely sensational. I mean, even I, humble old me, has 1.4, no, 1.34 million followers. I hope a few of them listen to this. Who knows? Who knows? I'll share it. I'll share it with you when it comes out. What do you think then of the impact of, of social media and broadcast having a bit of an upturn on the print press and on the especially in this country where it's driven so much of the agenda over the over the decades. Well, well the print press is dead as a newspaper. Um, I mean clearly they still managed to sell some but they're all online now. I mean for example the FT 
is um, has a brilliant online service, and then it has a feast of a paper on a weekend, which I devour. Yes. And it's the only time I read a paper. I don't read any other paper. Everything else is online. Everything else is online. So what are your go-to sources? I guess you're just going to say all of them, but what, 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 what would you choose to go to first? Guardian and FT. Well, FT first, Guardian second. BBC? Not if I want to be interested. <laughs> Qualify that. Well, I mean, they are very, very straight. Uh, and the thing about, you take the FT. Um, on Brexit, I don't think I've ever read an article in the FT which was pro-leave. You know, that's an odd thing, but it's true. Do you, do you then notice bias in these places, even in the BBC? I mean, the BBC, in its handling of Brexit, is being accused of being pro-Brexit. I'm not sure it necessarily is. I think it's more of an overreaction. I to, think, to I think the trouble is, with Brexit, the regulator treated the referendum like a general election. Uh, and therefore insisted on equal time for both sides. So that all sorts of views that would never get the light of day yeah. got peddled. Um, all sorts of lies were told. Um, and um, we're in the mess we are. And that view was vocalised by Justin Webb of the Today programme. Unfortunately, after the fact, mm. it, was a bit, it was a bit late then, wasn't it? Saying, so, well, probably, we should have taken... Farage to task more, for example, not giving, giving him equal weight yeah. to the Prime Minister yeah. at the time. But, um, I pity the... I'm really sorry for the BBC because... Um, and yet I treasure it. I mean, I listen to BBC radio every minute of every day. I mean, every way, when I'm at home, I have it on whenever there's a good news programme on. And they will be good, very good. But um, it must be a struggle for those who work there. And I've never worked there, so I don't know what it would really be like. But we were actually, Channel 4 was set up to be different. They didn't want a pale version of the BBC. We wouldn't be able to build it anyway. Having been through all this stuff, and more recently the world feeling like it's more tumultuous than ever before, though perhaps it isn't, I think, on the whole, when you look at other resurgences... We know more about the tumult. We do, we do. We know more about it. Online, all that is... But overall, when you look at mankind, yeah. our quality of life across the world as an average is improving. And there are fewer wars, and we haven't had a world war for decades and, and that sort of thing. I wouldn't count your chickens. No, OK. Well that, well, that begs the next question. How much of an optimist are you, John, now, to finish off? I am an optimist. I'm absolutely an optimist. And I, I believe... Humanity has the capacity to be caring and responsible and, and, and at the same time if they want to they can get rich, that's up to them, but no, it isn't, it's up to the system. But uh, I believe the world is full of good people, uh, have good intent and that, you know, the difficulties that we see are curable. I mean, climate change is the biggest issue of all and has been drowned by Trump drowned by Brexit and that has been at a time when we're an absolute tipping point. This is the time we should really have been I mean plastic it's the facts that are known about plastic now, I mean we have to do everything possible I mean I'm afraid to say we, our coffee lids are plastic they don't need to be the porridge isn't my porridge here has got a 
cardboard top, and yeah. you could do that for. Anyway, we should be using re our reusable cups. We but should. as I cycle in, I don't carry my cup with me. <laughs> At least you're cycling and doing your bit that way. John, thanks so much for talking to me. Matt, it's been a treat. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market